Hi, I'm Carrie, stroke survivor and BIND member. And I'm Kezia, brain injury survivor and a member of BIND as well. And I would love to welcome everyone to today's episode of BIND Waves. Today we're going to be talking about the readiness program here at BIND and what it's like to go back into the workforce after a brain injury. Today we have uh, Diana as our guest and we're so happy to have you. She used to be a volunteer here at BIND and is now staff and she's an a runner, a great runner, and a murder bot- podcast listener. So welcome, <laughs> and we're so excited to have you. I'm super excited to be with you guys as well. Um, thank you for the introduction. You said my name is Diana. I'm a speech language pathologist by degree, but I've been working with Bind now for almost three years. Wow. Um, I know it, it flies by, <laughs> um, and I've primarily been unit coordinator, um, helping people um, that, have, that are members traditionally and um, other people in the community get back to work. Welcome to Bindwaves, the official podcast of the Brain Injury Network of Dallas. I'm Brian White, Bind's Executive Director. On each episode, we'll be providing insight into the brain injury community. We'll be talking to members and professionals regarding their stories and the important role of Bind's Clubhouse. We work as a team to inspire hope, community, and a sense of purpose to survivors, caregivers, and the public. Thank you for tuning in to Bind Waves. Let's get on with the show. Great. Well, so just for our subscribers and listeners, can you kind of explain to us what work readiness is and what that means? Yeah. Work readiness at Bind just kind of encompasses everything that we do, different programming, um, working with like I said, individual members and, and people that are referred for work readiness from in the community to, you know, just get back into some type of vocational training or um, maybe even back to school, possibly into like more of a, of a consistent volunteer role. Um, so we just use a variety of different, you know, classes and opportunities in the clubhouse to kind of enhance those skills. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so right now that we are talking about going back to work and the work readiness, how does that really come into BIND and what BIND is? Um, I think sometimes within the each episode we've talked about what BIND and BIND's um, program and what it's for, but how does that actually like fit into our club? Yeah, so you hear a lot with BIND, uh, community, hope, purpose, right? So um, many of the times... Um, therapist when you're working in the medical model of things it's really to get people back home but it's not until you really um, get home that you realize that there's more to life and so the bind program the work order day really facilitates that next step what what happens beyond that and again it's it's dependent on each person but um, we use the tasks that we do during the day to kind of help a person reach their goals and get whatever skills that they're needing for, you know, if they want to get back into the workplace. So just different activities that we have, um, you know, from working on printing and making tumblers and graphic design for that um, to, you know, to things like even, you know, learning the skills to help produce this podcast. That could be something that someone would be interested in learning too. Thank you. Uh, We were uh, talking about like how, 
you know, how it's like after getting out of the hospital and how to getting out of that environment and what you were expecting to do or like what you think you're ready to go into. Um, how is it possible or like how do you get involved in it and how do or at what point do you think it's ready to go back to work? Um, just because, I mean, really, once we're out of the hospital, mm. I, I not only a, uh, a survivor, but I think, like, family members are like, okay, it's done, like, that should be it, or you get that perspective that you're supposed to be ready. But how exactly do you think you're really, like, going through this yeah. program? I think, it, and what you're going to keep hearing me say is it varies person to person. Um, a lot of times... What I may feel when someone's ready is not when they're they feel that they're ready, right? Um, some I would say for the majority of people after a brain injury, it's a it's a confidence issue. They don't mm-hmm. want to fail. They don't want to. They feel maybe like they're under a microscope, and so it's a little more difficult to go back to work. Um, or they just they don't you know they're they're worried that they'll lose their benefits. There's like a variety of reasons that people don't necessarily go back to work, um, but. You know, for the most part, you want to look at whatever it is that you're going back to. And can I do the task, the, the, that job description, the things that I need to do? So, you know, can I do that mostly by my own or, or with a few, like some help to, to accomplish that task? And if you can do that, then it's more about practicing and feeling more sure of yourself or like interviewing or updating your resume or just understanding like how you let someone know or if you let someone know that that you have a disability yeah i think that um that's something that was like really important to be learning um i think i had mentioned this in prior episodes but how i heard about bind is the work readiness program where like you know i'm younger (laughs) maybe not so much anymore (laughs) but like you know i i left this happened to me on a Monday at work. So it's like after that, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this. And um, that was kind of like what's considered after therapy, after rehabilitation, and then coming in here. So that's one of the things that I really had to learn about. It's like, how do I tell people that it might be a little bit difficult for me to remember, like, when the tasks are due or how do I tell people, like, when I'm interviewed, should I tell them I had a stroke? So things like that are really important things to learn, and I think that's one of the main the main subjects that I, I, I learned a lot from you. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. And unfortunately for me, work readiness wasn't here when I first started. So, But the way work readiness works and kind of with our day or work order day, I always want to throw those around. A little dyslexia here. But I just did whatever was asked to be done work-wise so that I could get more comfortable going back to working on the computer and just whatever I could. So it's very, it seems to flow very easily for the work readiness tasks to be done in each department for the work order day here at Bind. Am yeah. I, do I yeah. get that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think absolutely. And I think, you know, you're a perfect example um, because you were doing so many things in the clubhouse that one day it was like, huh, I think I can do this and I can like get paid for it maybe. Right. And, and, but it, you know, as many times as, you know, Valerie or someone else would want to, to tell you, oh, you should go back to work. It wasn't until you decided that, that you were ready to do that. Right. That it really happened. And I think that one of our uh, members or one of our subscribers as well, one of their main questions has always been like, 
what is appropriate time to disclose the fact that, you know, you might have some issues at work? Like, what's the appropriate time to be talking about it to who, to, you know, when? Yeah, that's another deep, like a kind of multi-level um, answer or question to, to answer. Um, and usually my rule of thumb is, well, well, first of all, there's not any legal, something that says legally that you have to disclose your disability, okay? I kind of tell people that anytime you're going to ask for some type of accommodation, that's when you want to make sure and mention it. And it needs to be like a very, it doesn't have to be in detail what exactly happened. But, you know, for medical reasons, I have, you know, a disability and I might need some, um, you know, to have things in writing or I might need dictation software. And anytime that you do that, then you would want to disclose it. Now, depending on the type of job, it might be something you really just disclose to your immediate supervisor and your HR representative. Um, or, you know, it might be something physical that your coworkers are going to know and, and, you know, they might be you know, they might want to ask you and sometimes it makes someone feel more comfortable if you go ahead and say, you know, I'm going to ask you to help me, you know, open the door or, you know, I need to make sure that I'm not on the second floor because if there's a fire, it's going to be hard for me to get back downstairs. So things like that, um, you know, certainly I tell people if, if the, you, you can physically see something that you have a need, then then probably giving the heads up even before the interview helps. Um, again, it just it's a level of comfort. Um, for the person interviewing you too. Sure. And can anyone, any member of mine be a part of the work readiness program? Is there anything special you have to do? You know, I usually just want to have that conversation. Um, and so I want to see kind of where your goals are, because the way I look at it is I try to kind of have a group of people, um, you know, three to six, no more than that. And I just want to make sure that it's a good group to kind of work together and that we're, um, um, that we're kind of on that same level, that same need. There's there's always a variety. Everyone, I've had people, you know, going back to network engineering jobs. I've had people going back to um, just working in, you know, more of a part-time retail role. And and so I really try to make sure that, that, that they can become a support network for each other in addition to just learning the information and that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like what made me like feel more comfortable when I was taking the class, uh, the work readiness program. Part of it was just that we were all women, you know, going through different, um, th- essentially going through different levels, right? One of them was younger, she was her first job, and then like, you know, or, or even choosing a whole different type of career or a different type of day-to-day basis. So it was really interesting to learn um all of us, and but we all still felt very connected. So I think that was really good. That was really good. Um, I think also one thing that you mentioned was just like how to ask for your accommodations, and like that's also one of the words that I had to learn about. <laughs> like I never even knew like I can ask certain stuff. And then I also think that one of our guests really talked about it and how she really um, writes emails like right after an, an you know after a meeting. So I think that was really cool, like, and also being able to text message with, with her boss, mm-hmm. and you know, different ways to communicate instead of depending on, you know, your hearing if that was affected. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I I feel like if you, um, the, the the strategies you use yourself at home are a lot of the same strategies you're going to need um, to go back into that workplace, right. and so just being able to communicate that need, and and most of the time it's not anything 
that is, you know, very involved. It's like you said, it's that follow-up email that just to make sure I didn't miss anything or I didn't misunderstand anything. Or if you're more of a visual, always, you know, saying, hey, it's better if you send me a text because then I can add it to my calendar um, just so that, you know, again, it's easier for me to process things if I can read it. Sometimes people speak too quickly um, or, you know, if your hearing was affected um, and vice versa, if your vision's affected, then you might want them to tell you verbally so you don't right. have to read it somewhere. Yes. Y'all be sure and hit that like button where you're listening. And one of the big questions that I know all of us that are disabled have when we think about going back to work is, are they going to take away my disability income? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and actually, the short version is no. Um, the, fortunately, Social Security disability, um, and I guess I should say that, Social Security security disability insurance will not end automatically. They have what's called a ticket to work program. And if you want to Google that, like ticket to work, that's a great thing just to look up because um, it'll give you whatever the more current amount is. Um, Traditionally, it's a certain amount, a threshold amount that if you're making below that, it's not going to affect anything. But once you make above that, it kind of like starts a clock, but it actually lets you take your time um, to kind of get back into the workplace. And the same thing, I, I actually just had a conversation with a member the other day. I don't want my insurance, my Medicare to end. And that's, you know, very similar too. And actually Medicare benefits last even longer than the social, social security benefits do. Um, so, you know, those are all things that we definitely cover during our sessions and kind of go through because it's a little different from for different people. Now, long-term disability, that's where it gets a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we do have to kind of more one on one C and even sometimes get back with your HR specifically to see what's what's allowed and what's not allowed for that. Yeah, and I think that's one of the difficult questions that you said. Um, but also for a more fun question, okay. uh, as part of Bind and that's like a program here, how many people have been graduating and what are fun stories yeah. and good accomplishments? You know, I, I, I actually... Um, I I haven't looked up the number recently, um, but it's those things that like I've had, I had not too long ago, a mom that not just because she had the, her brain injury, but in addition to that, she had been a caregiver for a very long time. So she hadn't worked. She'd been a stay at home mom and, um, she, she was able to, you know, so, you know, very limited resume and so she was able to get back and she she works during the hours that you know her son is also working so she can still kind of take care of him and um, it's part-time work but she was able to find insurance so a lot of little things so those successes are like really um, you know are really helpful I had a a young lady or a lady that um, she um, went back to working in HR, um, which was a very difficult thing. You know, um, the jobs are just very competitive in that field. And so, but anybody, anyone that goes back, whatever they go back and do, it's such a, it's a fun thing. And, and having that first time back and just right. knowing I can do it, it just builds from there. And then hearing those um, stories is what keeps everybody encouraged, not just myself, but right. everybody. And I think that's really important for people to, to know and to understand that just because we've had a brain injury or just because you've had a brain injury if you're listening to us doesn't mean you can't go back to work it just means that you have to take a little bit extra time and do what you need to do to make sure you're ready and that's one thing I know in the beginning you know you get tired a lot quicker so you have to worry about things like that which 
not everybody thinks about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like your story is like you said, it's like a great example. You know, you're currently working and doing all of this. And I think being a member of Bind itself, like, you know, how you talked about it being part of the work ready. Well, the work readiness being part of the work, work order, order day. Yeah. Order day. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you just learn so much new skills and things that you probably didn't have the time to do so right you know and now you do and we are part of bind and we have members and we'll support each other regardless of whatever it is so and i think think as we continue to grow we have more opportunities in within the work order day for people to learn new skills such as this podcast we have someone joining us right now that is learning the editing process so (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah you guys are amazing and i think it's what keeps Um, everybody, all brain injury survivors are inspired by this. Um, and just knowing that, like you said, if you want to go back to work, there's a way to get there. It may not look like what you think it is initially, but if you're willing to have the patience and, and, and just work through those things and really, um, try to know what you really want and be willing to communicate those things. I think that anyone, you know, has that potential. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a, a quick thing. I was just thinking about it while you were talking. Um, from speech therapy to the work readiness, how did that? How did you get here? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's a it's a natural progression. I feel like you know we and it's it's so rewarding because it you know you go from like a medical model of you know do this many tasks get so many right and kind of you know monitoring the progress that way to seeing just really functionally how you can eventually meet that goal of of actually getting into the workplace and like I said it's not you know in the beginning you may need a lot of support and and then you're just gradually kind of taking that support away um, just to help people. But, but you know, it. I feel like a lot of the skills that I used as a speech-language pathologist, I use still as that, as a coordinator. It, I, I really wish students would have more opportunity to kind of do the same functional type of therapy instead of very regimented that sometimes we have to do um, as students. So, good yeah. question. Good question. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. That's good. Um, yeah, because I was just, like, wondering, like, how, exactly what got you so interested in this and I think well I'm saying your story (laughs) as a volunteer right getting to see so many things like I love hearing that and a lot of our guests like that are professionals saying like we never get to see the end or Mm -hmm. the the new steps or the new chapter and I think that's awesome so thank you so much for coming thank you thank you ladies we um we definitely appreciate you taking the time to be here and we're so happy that you have joined the staff we are excited to have you here and keep going and keep plugging on and keep us all in mind. <laughs> keep yes. trying. We want to thank our subscribers for listening. Don't forget to like the button, click the like button, hit share, and keep listening. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at bindwaves at thebind.org. <laughs> Little yes. brain fart there. <laughs> yeah, always. But yes, thank you so much for coming. And thank I you. just want to make sure to all the prescribers to make sure to like and share all um, our episodes and don't miss out. So thank you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Bind Waves and continue to support Bind and our nonprofit mission. We support brain injury survivors as they reconnect into the life, the community, and their workplace. And we couldn't do that without great listeners like you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Continue watching. Until next time. Until next time.